Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambadoro! Bernsie, what's going on? You know what I'm already planning on? Can I tell you what I'm planning on right now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, about 2.45 or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2.45, which is in the middle of our show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get up. I'm going to take a leisurely walk down to the break room. I'm going to get a cup of coffee. I might stop in and say hi to a few people, get some candy out of their offices and have some conversation. You know why I'm going to do that? Because I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Because we're scheduled to talk about yeah. Madison Bumgarner and his start today and his future in the Diamondbacks rotation. And I figure the better the distance, the the greater it is for me. Right? Oh God, like, for the like love the of God. The further away I get from you, the yeah. better. It's because this is going to be bad. For it's the love like, of God, will this guy please retire? <laughs> like, for the love of God, <laughs> you're a meatball pitcher. You can't, you can't get anybody hey, out. Hey, 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 don't give away oh too my much. God. I mean, don't give away too much level. in the preview. Don't. Yeah, I hate Listen, it. I hate it when a movie gives away too much in the preview game, but don't give away too much. I'm telling you right now, this guy cannot make his next start. Like, that's it. It's over. It's over right now. I know it and you know it. He sucks. Cut him, release him, pay him, come up with a phantom injury. I'll bet you, I'll bet you a lunch he does not make his next start. Oh, I wouldn't take that bet in There's a million no years. There's no way you could run him out I there. I wouldn't take that bet in a million years. I mean, right? this guy's a disaster. Whoa, it's, I, I, I hate watching games that he pitches in. I hate it. Whoa, whoa. I said, I know my blood pressure is going to get going. Whoa. I'm watching this game. Whoa. Tug on those reins, Bernsey. Whoa. I said, you get a double. I, you get a double. Said, you get a three run homer. You get a double. Well, you get a homer. I said, easy, big fella. Easy, big fella. You still got to save. the worst pitcher. Is he here? He's over 10. You got to save it up for 245. Relax. Where's your pills? Get your pills? Where's, yeah. where's your pills? Freaking bum. Uh-huh. Take your pills. Thank you. Let's talk about something that'll put Gambo in. I'm sorry I had to do that. I just, I had to pull a pin on the grenade, you know? But I didn't think he was going to give away the whole movie in the first two and a half minutes of the show. tighter on the latch I know, next right? time. I, next time, I got to hold God. those reins a little bit tighter because, man, I just lost control of that horse. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Perns and Gambo Show. Perns and Gambo, the weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. It is over. Sun's win. The Suns win the final score here tonight. The Suns 123 and the L.A. Clippers 109. Let's talk about something that will put us all in a good mood. The Phoenix Suns evening up their series against the L.A. Clippers last night. Hello, Devin Booker. Star's going to star last night. Your two stars came out and played, and that's what you need. Star's going to win you series. They're going to win you games. They're going to win you series, and they can win you a championship. The Suns' two stars were cooking last night. Devin Booker was sensational. KD was really, really good. Uh, Devin Booker was special. Like in, and, was special. and to win games in the playoffs, you need your great players to be special. Devin Booker was freaking special last night. He was special. We'll get into the mid-range game later, but man, he was 38 points, 14 to 22 shooting, knocked down four of his seven three-pointers, had nine assists, and I, and I actually looked this up because I, I was thinking to myself last night after the game, Man, when was the last time he hit four three pointers in a game? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I went in, yeah, I went in, I'm looking, I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm going back. I'm like, geez, it's been a long time. Fifteen games. 
He had gone 15 straight games without knocking down four three-pointers. The last time he had knocked down four or more in a game, March 8th. That was over a month ago yeah. against Oklahoma City. Last night, he knocked down the three, the mid-range jump shots. He was he was special last night. He was special. I mean, so special that Monty couldn't take him out of the game. I was planning on taking him out. First two minutes of the fourth, then he got going, and then I said one more play, and then one more play, and he kept hitting shots. <laughs> So I just let him go when he's attacking like that. And then he was, you know, knocking down big shots from outside. It just keeps everybody off balance. And I thought the spacing was a lot better tonight. I thought we were organized a little bit better than we were the other day. But just having the balance of him and Kevin being able to get to their spots with a live ball helps. But I thought Chris did a really good job of just putting the ball in Book's hand and saying, you go. And Chris was on the second side. You know, Book scores in a number of ways. And when he's going like that, I think the team feeds off of his high-level play, if you will. Oh, it was high level last night. It was. It made me look. I, I got. I was at the game. I got back late. I got home, and I probably should have done this last night. I forgot about it. I still want to do this. Maybe I'll do it tonight. I want to go back and look at like all the Devin Booker playoff performances and see where that one ranks. I, I you'd have a you'd have a one hard time convincing me. me that that wasn't somewhere in his top five yeah. in terms of his all time great playoff performances. Like what, what stands out to you? Clippers game one okay. forty points. Triple double, okay, against the Clippers. That would be in the forty top point five. triple double. Yep, that may have been his best. Back to back forty point games in the finals against yep. the Bucks. Against I know the they Bucks. lost both of those games. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't just the scoring last night with Devin Booker. All right, we'll think about the scoring because we'll think about the shooting. And I'm glad you mentioned the the three point shots because that was something at halftime that I spoke with somebody in the in the the media room about. And I don't want to say who because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But I was talking with them and it was like, thank goodness, it felt like it had been. Forever since Devin Booker hit a three-pointer. And I think that one that he hit at the end of the first half was maybe the biggest moment of the game last night. It just was like the thing that broke the dam, right? right? To go into half-tide. Going to half-tide. be behind. And had the energy that that shot gave the crowd. The energy that that gave shot gave, that, that gave Book. It was it was all that. That's It wasn't just Book scoring, though. It was his playmaking, right? It was getting everybody involved. It was the assists. Yeah. It, was, it was like the chess master out there. He was the Queen's Gambit and he was just kind of seeing all the moves. I love that TV show. He was moving all the pieces on the board. He knew exactly. He was manipulating the Clippers perfectly. It was a maestro performance from Devin Booker last night. Do we have the highlight? Mitch, do you have the highlight of his steal from Zubach where he went in for the dunk? That was my favorite play. Like that was there was so many great plays that he made. But when he stripped Zubach of the ball and then he shoved Eric Gordon and Eric Gordon's like, no, well, we don't Oh, what's going on? He just shoved him. Get out of the way. And then he goes in and he has the dunk. I was like, wow, that was just, that was my favorite play of the game. Great play. It was a terrific performance. So listen to this, the duo, the two of them, KD and and Buck. I want to give KD credit here too. They took 41 shots in this game compared to 34 in game one. We knew it had to go up a little bit, right? Went up by seven. Decent amount. Seven more shots for those guys. That's seven less for everybody else. They scored 10 more points than in game one. They had 53 in game one. One, they had 63 in game two. That's good. You got 10 more points out of those guys. That that was really good. So I think that's what we wanted to see. These guys need to shoot the ball more. 
than game one. They need to score more than they did in game one. But they were so efficient as well. But I was happy to see more shots, more points, more emphasis on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in this game than there was in game one. And those guys delivered. Yeah, more emphasis on on Devin Booker initiating the offense, starting the offense, Kevin Durant after the game. You know, like I said, they were switching up their defenses a lot and uh, trying to throw us off. But I thought he just didn't, they didn't care. He just was going downhill, trying to create something for us. And, you know, once they started, you know, we could throw it in the post to me. We started doubling. Now he on that backside coming up and just making plays. So, uh, He's an all-around player. He could do everything at an elite level on a basketball court, so we got to utilize that. I don't know why this stat amazed me. Okay. His 14th 30-point game in the postseason ties him for the second most in the NBA since he made his playoff debut. Does that surprise you? Does that surprise you that only Luka Doncic and Giannis has yeah. more 30-point games in the postseason than Devin Booker does? Yeah, of course it does. He's only been in the playoffs for, for three years. I, 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 right? And last year, they got knocked out in the second round. Like, like, uh, so there's only been four, four six. There's only been seven Rounds, yeah, for the first year to the second, and this now it's not even over yet. So six six rounds in two games, so that's fourteen. You know what do you what do you have? Six average series is six games, so thirty six games. He's got fourteen of yeah. those. Yeah, it's probably thirty six, thirty seven games. The average six. You know there was some seven games. Go back series. and look at how many postseason game games series. He's played. Yeah, but we're talking probably about thirty seven games, and he's got fourteen. Yeah, yeah. of course that's a problem. <laughs> and I'll say another thing. I, it really did, and this, I know people are going to think I'm crazy here. It definitely reminded me a lot of a Jordan Pippen like game. You had these two guys that were unstoppable. Oh, I think that's a great comp. It reminded me of Jordan, where Booker was Jordan and KD was Pippen. It reminded me of the, remember the Bulls. Like you, of course, you couldn't stop. You couldn't put all your emphasis on stopping Jordan because Pippen was that great. Because Pippen was that great. And there were many, many Bulls playoff games where that one-two punch was dynamic. You can go back and look at the history of their championships. Those two guys together were unstoppable. And I thought last night watching Booker and KD cook, I thought that those two guys were reminiscent to me, to me, of what I remember used to watching when Jordan and Pippen won all those championships. All right, here you go. You ready for this? I love this, yeah. It'll be inbounded on the side. And it's inbounded out on top to Zubac. His pass picked off by Booker. Booker with the steal. All alone comes down for a whammo. And the Clippers are going to take a timeout right here. That was your favorite Al's play? Al's still great. Al is still great. Al's still got it. Al is still, play it one more time for me. I'm going to enjoy that. This is vintage Al McCoy right here. It'll be inbounded on the side. And it's inbounded out on top to Zubac. His pass picked off by Booker. Booker with the steal. All alone comes down for a whammo. And the Clippers are going to take a timeout right here. That's just, Al is just, I, I want to enjoy that. I just wanted to enjoy that a second time. What a great call by Al McCoy. What a great play by Devin Booker. And Eric Gordon, like, dude, he shoved me. I got, just go away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a great play. You're, you're bothering me. That was kid. my favorite play of the game. Yep. Yeah, uh, mine was the three at the end of the first half. I, I thought that I thought that was the key that unlocked everything for him last night. When we come back, the mid-range mafia was firing on all cylinders. Last night, it was historic as a matter of fact. Is it sustainable? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. It's better than Leota, De Niro, and Pesci in Goodfellas. 
the Suns mid-range mafia. Ball into the hands of Kevin Durant. He's a three-point range. They double-team him defensively. Gets the ball to Booker. Booker in the lane. 13-footer. Looks good. It's good. Booker way out front. Bounce the ball to Durant. Straight away. 17-footer. Swish. It's good. Now Paul backs away. Five seconds to shoot it. Paul against Zubats. Moves in. 18-footer. Good. Could be the icing on the cake. 13-footer, 17-footer, 18-footer, 15-footer, 17-footer. Couldn't miss. <laughs> they couldn't miss. I mean, you're the Clippers, like, and we'll get into this later. The Clippers did a lot of things right, yes, right? Yes, they did. But in the end, I mean, the Suns just made shots. I said the other day, I go, elite shot making. You know, you need elite shot making. I mean, that's what Donovan Mitchell did in game one. Um, that's what, you know, Reeves did for LA. That's what you go through the play. That's what Fox and Monk were doing for Sacramento. Elite shot making. The Suns had that last night. Elite shot making. Chris Paul was included in that. The mid range game was unbelievable. Now, whether you count floaters or not, the Suns made 32 out of 50 shots from the mid-range. 21 out of 29 if, if you don't count the floaters. Chris Paul made 8 of his 14 shots. I don't know if you've got the number there. I only remember one long-range shot by Chris. I thought almost all the rest of them were mid-range shots. He missed his only three-pointer. But he had four big baskets in the fourth quarter. I thought almost every shot. He hit a long, long jumper that made it 96-87. But man, I think every other shot was his you know patented elbow jumper mid-range shot it was incredible to watch because they just I mean you go you think about it now you're like did they you know you can't even remember times that they missed because they made the shot so often I mean it was like money in the bank and the Clippers trying to get stops like they never allowed the Clippers to get the stops that they needed because they kept hitting that shot they couldn't miss um we've got all the numbers we don't want to bore you with the numbers but to me the 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 simplest one, the one that tells the, the, the story the best. With Kevin Durant, the Suns made about nine mid-range shots per game during the regular season. They made 21 last night. 21 mid-range shots last night compared to the nine on average they made during the regular season. Yeah, it was the mid-range mafia last night. Yeah, it was everybody. It was Book who was hitting his. It was Durant who was hitting his, especially on the left side. It was Paul in the fourth quarter. It was Aiton, and I, you know, and I know you know, Aiton's not everybody's cup of tea, and I understand he's a very polarizing player. Man, he kept that team in that game early, didn't he? He kept making those shots. He, he kept making those shots in the mm, second quarter. He, was great. And he kept that game yeah. within arms ranks, so it didn't get too far out. Monty, after the game, we're talking about was talking about Da and how big his baskets were. Really good. I thought early he was in the crowd. He was almost diving too low to try to get to his floater, and then he was passing it. And after a timeout, everybody was like. Dude, shoot the ball. And he started catching in his spot, and he didn't hesitate. And those buckets, even though they're twos, they allow for us to set our defense. And when we're set, we're pretty good. How many mid-range shots did you, what would you say, they made 20? 21 of 29 21 out of 29. Yeah. I've got that number, too, if you don't count floaters. 21 out of 29. Let me, let me mention something else. The NBA, NBA teams averaged 4.4 made mid-range field goals per game this season. This season, 4.4. Four and a half. The Suns made 21. The average team, the average amount of mid-range jump shots. This game is all about in the paint or three-pointers. In the paint or three-pointers. Yep. The mid-range go- game is Gone. The team that led the NBA in made field goals from the mid-range were the Bulls. Not the Suns, the Bulls. The Suns were second. The Bulls had 7.9 mid-range field goals per game. The Suns were second at 6.9. They made 21 last night? Mm-hmm. Are you are you like... 
Like they blew it out of the water. Like yeah. what what the averages were. Like just blew it away. They were just so efficient in that. Durant rising up and a Booker got hot and they and they you know, they didn't go away from those guys for a long period of time either, which really helped, right? They didn't let those guys get cold. Once they got hot, they kept feeding them. They did. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, after the game, uh, said it's like layups for them. Their mid-range shooters are so good at it. It's like layups for them. Um, it's it's going to be, you know, it's going to be on the Suns. Can they repeat it to the tune of 21 of 29 every single night? That's a really tough ask. That's a lot of mid-range shots that you got. I know they're good at it. And, and, and I mean, look, I guess you know, decide what to be and go be it. The Suns have decided we're going to be a mid-range jump shooting team, and we're good at it. We've got some of the best in the very in the NBA at it. Let's embrace it. Let's let's sail into it. Let's not steer away from it. Let's not try to be, be who you are. We're not be who you are. Be who you are. Be, if you got a freak flag, fly it. Exactly. Our freak flag is the fact that the Phoenix Suns take a lot of mid-range shots. You know what? Fly it. Do what makes you happy. If it makes you happy and you're good mm. at it, embrace it. And the Suns, they didn't shy away from it after their lack of success in game one and the lack of success was very obvious they made eight of them you know what did we say the nba average was four and a half 4.4 4. The, the, with kevin durant what did we say it was nine nine and a half Kevin durant it was yeah 9.3 okay they made eight in game one but they decided that they needed to take even more in game two or they needed to embrace it even more in game two and it worked and, and the clippers had no answer for it and nope. i can't imagine the suns are going to go away from it in game three at book, this point. book was three for five in the mid-range kevin Durant was 7 for 10. Chris Paul was 7 for 10. DeAndre Ayton was 4 for 4. Yeah. The rest of the Phoenix Suns, 0 for 0. Nobody else took a mid-range shot. Only four guys took mid-range shots. Booker, Durant, Paul, and Ayton. And they made 21 mid-range shots. Uh, it was extremely efficient. Extremely efficient. And if you were the Clippers, like, you just... You almost, you know, you, you kind of want them to shoot the ball from distance. That's exactly and they, what I was going to say. They just made them. You got to hope that they don't make them. And it, it, it's, it is sort of, uh, it's sort of, okay, we dare you. Okay. Not that, dare. not that we're giving it to you, but if that's how we lose this series, okay. That's how we lose this series because we're not going to give you the three point shot. Not that the Suns are going to take it anyway. They only had what twenty four last night. Uh, they had nineteen increase. It was an increase, but it's still twenty four. I think would still be last or near last among you know three point attempts in the NBA this year. If you look at the team game by game. Um, it's certainly not the rim where the Suns just aren't getting a lot of looks. It's, it's almost as if the Clippers, now they're going to want to do a better job defending it. And hopefully, if the Clippers do over-adjust a little to it and say, okay, we got to try to take away this mid-range game. we got to do something, right? Then the Suns can adjust a little bit and maybe find some guys on the inside. Maybe they can get more shots at the rim. Maybe they can, what does Monty call it, paint to great, right? Like we're in the paint, we kick out because we've got open three-point shooters. Maybe if the Clippers overcompensate and try to make Make the, the mid-range game, try to take it away. The Suns can compensate for that a little bit with more three-point shots or more at-the-rim shots. But for now, the Suns have their freak flag, and they're flying it. And it's where the mid-range mafia and try to take it away from us. Look, that's what defines them. If you were playing a video game, okay, you're playing a video game. Like Call and, of Duty, like Book? No, say you're playing NBA 2, 2, 2, 2, 2K. Is it okay, NBA yes. 2K? Yeah. And you don't know who the team is. I always love when you could define a team. Like, you know the identity of a team. You could watch the Suns play basketball and not know the, the, the names on the jersey or the players playing a video and know it's the Suns. You would know it's the Suns. Mm-hmm. You would know the Warriors. 
right? You would know the Suns. But if you played a game, a video game, or you watched a video game, you would know what the Suns are. They don't go inside a whole lot. They don't take a lot of threes. They take a lot of mid, mid-range shots. So that's their identity. That's their identity. That's who they are. And I do, I do really like when you, you, you could identify a team based on a certain way they play. A lot of teams you can't, but the Suns you can. Well, they lean into it. They certainly don't run from it. Now, Chris Paul, after the game, was asked, is this going to be the kind of series where it's the Suns and their two-point baskets versus the Clippers and their three-point baskets? Here's what Paul said. I don't know. I think we just be playing basketball. <laughs> you know, we... we um I mean, you think about KD, you know, everybody always call him a basketball purist. We got a lot of us like that. If a two is open, we're going to take it. If the three open, we're going to take that two. And so uh, we just we just hoop and try to make sure we got the most points at the end of the game. See, and to them, they're just doing what comes naturally, right? Hey, that's just, that's the shot. Take it. You know, I got we got guys who are good at making it. That's the shot. Take it, right? And don't don't worry about what the analytics tell you. Don't worry about what the computer tells you, right? Don't worry about what the the modern NBA game says you should be doing. That is not maybe one day the Phoenix Suns will be built like that. That's not how they're built right now. This yeah. is how they're built. Look, I the, hope they can win it like this. I really do. Here's the truth. I don't love the way the NBA plays when they jack up 43s a game. I don't like it. The Suns are more of a you know an old fashioned team. I think they're easier to like, especially for old timers who just you know like the way basketball used to be played. You know the Suns are not a team that are going to jack it up thirty five, forty times from three point range like a lot of other teams do. So I like that. Now they don't take it inside a whole lot, but the mid range game is real good. And you know the, the golden day of the NBA, well, players could knock down mid range jump shots, and the Suns are very good at it. Yeah, they are. Um, the Clippers, you know, trust me, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later. There's a lot that went right for the Clippers in that game last night. They did a lot of the things they wanted to do. Free throw line, second chance points, offensive rebounds, etc., etc. They're kind of playing the waiting game. Like, okay, we just don't think you're going to be able to shoot mid-range shots like that this whole series. We'll talk about that a little bit later because that's clearly what the Clippers are going for. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, right after you text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now, it didn't feel like the Suns were going to win yesterday, and then then it happened. What is it? We'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelo Baltra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. Booker still handling the basketball behind a DA screen. Gets it in the corner to Corey Craig. Shazam! Another three. By PC, and the Suns have jumped out to a ten-point lead. All right, more on Troy Craig getting the start in a little bit because we got a we got a little bit of blowback on Twitter last night about that after what we had to say yesterday. But so we welcome you back to the Burns and Yambo Show in a series that's now tied one-one after the one twenty-three one hundred nine game two win last night by the Suns. Game three, of course, is tomorrow in Los Angeles. There's like segments of the game that you want to talk about because they all had you know value and important things happen in that game. And last night, there's there's no doubt, if you had polled most Suns fans about halfway through that second quarter, and I saw it on social media, and I know you did too, man, there were people talking, oh, God, is this team going to get swept? This is awful. The rotations are terrible. They can't shoot. Where's KD? Where's Book? What's happening? And then it happened. 
And by it, I mean the way they ended that first half and the way they started that third quarter and sandwiched kind of in the middle of that was I what I think to be the most important shot of the game, and that was Devin Booker's three-pointer right before Mm -hmm. halftime. In the middle of all of that was the run that kept the obituary from being written, right? Because we were thinking about it. We were so, oh my God, what are we going to talk about if this team's down 0-2? What are we, where are we going to go with this? And then the middle of that second quarter happened, and it saved that game. And maybe saved the series. For the I think I had songs. about 12 Fire Monty <laughs> tweets when they were down 13, a couple of like DA socks, yeah, and then my yeah. wife sitting there, what the hell are they doing? You know? Um, so like, you know, what they what they did in that run was, 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 was incredible. Because the down 13, 23 10 run to end the second quarter. So they go in tied at 59. You mentioned a big shot by Booker, that three. Um, KD had three baskets and eight points in that run. Torrey Craig hit two three pointers, but then they extended it. I really liked this because I think this is where the game was won. They score the first six points of the second half. That's a, so, it's, so now it's a 17 to two run. They ended the half 11 2. They scored the first six points. It's 17 to two. They had nodded their first 10 shots and all of a sudden like, you know, now, okay, now they've got the lead. It's not, they had a 13 point deficit and now they, they built the lead up and they kept building it up. So I do think that, you know, a lot of times you look at the fourth quarter and say this is where a game was won. I do think that stretch in the second quarter into the third quarter is where the game was won. Yeah, Devin Booker, he talked after the game about his three-pointer to end the half. I think how we finished out the second quarter overall, you know, outside of that shot, you know, it was good momentum going into the third and you know how we started the third quarter was big for us too yeah they they asked about the start before you got in here and you know we we obviously wanted to get her off to a better start again and and didn't but we just let the game settle and went from there because i mean thinking about everything about that game trending up until that moment right middle halfway through the second quarter the end of the second quarter before halftime the clippers were dominating in free throws the clippers were dominating in bench points Kawhi leonard had an all everything first quarter and was clearly the best player on the floor in and that game, right? And then when he right? was sitting, they were a plus five. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. Quarter, like he's on the bench. I'm sitting. like, guys, he's on the bench. This is your moment and here. And they couldn't take advantage. Nope, they, couldn't. they couldn't. And that was like, oh, this is not a good... Like, I thought that. This is not a good sign that the Suns start the second quarter with D.A., Booker, and Paul. Like, along with T.J. and Landry. But they quickly got, you know, got T.J. out of the game. KD came back in. Um, and then they just couldn't they couldn't take advantage of K of Kawhi being out. Then when Kawhi finally comes back into the game with six oh one left. So they got they gave him half the second quarter off because they were ahead. Mm-hmm. But once he got back into the game, I think that that was too long of a rest. And the Suns were able to, like, with Kawhi on the court, the Suns were able to go on that run 11-2 to close out the second and quarter. And then to start the third quarter the way they did, Incredible. as you mentioned, with, with the, the, the six straight points and, and extending the lead the way they did. I mean, it, it you could feel, if you were in the building, you could feel it shift. You could feel it change. You, you could feel the tide starting to turn a little bit and the Suns really starting to wake up and identify them themselves and the Clippers were clearly on their heels and that 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 whole the way it just kind of sandwiched around halftime and Booker's big shot that was man that was that was the game last night that was the moment that it all started to flip for him. it was there was a time where the Clippers the Clippers made a run right they made their run in the fourth quarter and they got within six
six at one fifteen one oh nine. You gotta love the way the Suns closed the game too. So while I think a lot of how the game was won was what they did in that second and third quarter, the last three minutes and eleven seconds they scored the final eight points and pulled away, and they got stop after stop yeah. after stop after stop after stop, and like that that was a huge thing too. So I think the game was won with what they did second and third quarter. But I got to give credit to their defense at the end of the game because I thought that was really well, good. Well, you brought up a good point because it, it, we often always talk about the end of a game. You know, there's an old joke about the NBA. All you need to do is watch the last five minutes to know everything that, that goes on. And that's, that's, not, that's not true, right? I mean, it sometimes, feels, sometimes it feels sometimes true. Sometimes it's true. But last night it wasn't true. That being said, yeah, it's a six-point game with three minutes and 13 seconds to go. And in that moment, it was turnover, 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 missed shot, turnover by the Suns on defense. Well, on the other end, all this talk about Booker and all this talk about about uh, KD and what they did, offensively, it was Paul mid-range jump shot. It was Paul two-man game with Aiton that led to the layup. It was Paul mid-range jump shot. It was those six points on that end, while on the other end, the Suns were going turnover, 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 miss basket, turnover, that allowed the Suns to kind of put the nail in the coffin in that moment. Because I don't know about you, that whole second half, I mean, the Suns were rolling offensively. They couldn't miss from the mid-range range. And yet every time I look at the scoreboard, they're up five. They're up four. Right. They're up six. Mm-hmm. How are they? Luke was sitting next to me. How are they only up six? How are they only up five? It feels like they should be kicking the Clippers teeth in at this point. How and, and like with three minutes to go, it's like Dude, this is a six-point game. It feels like the Suns should be up 15 points right now. It's a six-point game. What happened? And then that little stretch with all those turnovers and those made baskets by Paul and Aiton finally, finally, finally put this thing away. Yeah, it was two consecutive turnovers by Russell Westbrook and then a turnover by Eric Gordon and then a missed shot by Kawhi Leonard. And Leonard then traveled with the ball. So when they were so good at their late-game execution in Game 1, the Clippers fumbled away a chance to steal because that's why they would have stole that game. Can you imagine if the Clippers would have somehow pulled that out by a point or two after the Suns like had like with the effort the Suns had from the mid range, like you know a legendary type of effort from the mid range, like legendary. Uh-huh. And the Clippers are down six with three minutes left. That was a game, but the two Westbrook turnovers, the Gordon turnover, missed shot by Kawhi, travel by Kawhi, they just fell apart at the end of the game. But man, you would think it. I was thinking the same thing. It's like man, how is this a game? How is this a game? This shouldn't be a game. It's just, it was there for the Clippers to steal, and it would have been a steal. Like, if instead of a Russell Westbrook turnover, he hits a three, and it's a three-point, and then all of a sudden you fight, you lose the game by a point or an overtime, it would have been a devastating, it would have been a devastating crushing loss. I don't know if you would have been able to come back from it. Hard to imagine how you could have lost the game in which you shot 59% and had, what, 30 assists in the game? I mean, it was almost a perfect offensive game from that standpoint. And you would have lost? I, you know, and I, I understand it didn't really, it came close enough to that where I was starting to think, okay, come on guys, let's go, right? But they were able to kind of right the ship and make it happen, and they did it against a Clippers defense that, as Kevin Durant pointed out after the game, man, they're always changing what they do, and you just got to be ready for that. Read the games, be aggressive when the ball comes to me. I know they're going to run and jump me if I get another top. <laughs> I know uh, the bigs going to come out the paint when I start to drive, so I just got to be aware of little stuff like that, and I thought tonight uh, you know, we were 
all aggressive to just create something and simplify the game. And you know what? I'll tell you something else. What was good about that last three minutes of the game when it was a six-point game? I do like that it was Chris Paul. And I like that it was DeAndre Ayton. Because let's be honest, after game one, our faith in those two guys was a little rattled. It was a little shaken. Yeah. Especially with the about DA yep. with the rebounding. And the shots that they were missing late in the Chris down the stretch. Two of eight in game one. Uh-huh, two of eight. Uh-huh. And missing shots and missing the elbow jumpers. Yep. Missing those mid-range missing shots elbow that jumpers. he always yeah. hits that we count on him hitting. It was encouraging and a little bit relieving and a little bit confidence building to see, okay, you know what? DeAndre Eaton hasn't forgotten how to finish the two-man game with Chris. And Chris hasn't forgotten how to make mid-range baskets. And not that we ever should have doubted that they were going to forget how to do that, but they were so bad at it in Game 1. It was refreshing and confidence-inspiring to see them be good at it again when they rattled off those six straight points at the end of the fourth quarter yeah, it's like interesting. that. I just looked at, I'm looking at my notes here. The last basket by KD was with four and a half minutes left. Oh, yeah. It was the last basket by Booker was was even later than that. I don't have the I didn't write the time down, but Booker's last shot. Oh yeah, here it is right here. So they subbed Tory for a Koji at 5:49. Then Booker hits a 3 and make it 111-100. So I don't think Booker had a basket in the final 5 minutes. I didn't write down who had the last two points of the game. Now, for some reason my notes stop at 121-109. I didn't write so I unless, unless you're getting so lazy in your old age. How could you? Four how, pages how of could you? How could you not have? Mitch, in fairness, red. that's when I stopped no. my note taking. So you're in present company, Gambo. <laughs> like these notes, man, Gambo. You, these notes are impeccable. Like this is. I just didn't write down the you, look. Last, you, do you, you want to know? You talk about who was it? Yeah, who was it? Who was it? It was, was busy. Tip busy. shot. Okay. Thirty-one seconds left for one twenty-three. Man, you see, this is what happens when you start thinking about retirement. You got one foot out. the Door, oh my god. Right. You know what they say about radio hosts when you start oh. thinking about retiring, you've actually retired. Yeah, it's the one fa- pen on the page oh, and one foot yeah, in the It's like you know something. what? I, I only one guy in this town that needs to retire right now. <laughs> that is a tease. That's a tease right there. You know only one guy in this town that needs to retire and, ASAP. And that's coming up next to the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's roll it out for the first time. Eric Ruby is with us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. What's going on, Rubes? How's it going, guys? I'm ready. I'm sitting here just at the edge of my seat waiting for the rant that's going to follow this. So let's, <laughs> let's, there we go. There it is. Let's get this poll question out of the way. Have these first two Suns playoffs games changed your expectations for them in this postseason run? Are you thinking different about them now than you did a week ago? Yes or no? And tell me why. I'm a little more worried about them than I was at the start. I'm not, I, I got to be honest with everybody. I'm a little more worried about them. Last night was great. Um, they really could have lost last night's game, and that would have been a kick to the teeth. I, I, I think this, they're... It's not coming together the way I kind of hoped that it would, you know? Like, the, the, we talked about them gelling and not having enough time to gel. I think we're still seeing that. I think we're still seeing they haven't had a lot of time to gel. And I am not 
as bullish about their chances that I would have been before these first two games because I still think they've got some work to do. No, I'm not really worried. I mean, my expectations are they're going to win the West. I still feel that way after two games. They're going to win the West. Okay. This one coming in at a 60-40 split, but leading the way is no. These first two games have not changed the expectation set on the Suns. Many are saying that expectations to win a championship, only 40.6% say yes, they did change after the two games. I think they're going to win the West. I think it's just going to be a little more challenging than I thought. I, I thought they had by far and away the best roster, and these first two games have showed me that there are still flaws here and weaknesses. All right, that's the uh, poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. I want to read this tweet here. I made sure I'm back in the car by 2.45 to hear at Gambo 987's full Mad Bomb ramp. Thank you for the early warning, Burnsy987. High fly ball deep to left field. Guriel back on the track at the wall, and it's gone. A three-run home run, and it is now 7-3 in favor of St. Louis. And go. Well, I just... I don't even repeat this. I mean, this guy's got to get out of the rotation yesterday. I mean, there's no reason to have him pitch every fifth day. 20% of your games are being pitched by this bum. Like, he needs to go. I mean, that's it. Like, this, if anybody needs to retire right now, it's him. And I said this, for the love of God, have some pride. Have some pride. You're getting your ass handed to you every fifth day. Have a little pride. Walk away from the game. You can't give the game anything anymore. You've got nothing to give the game except a bunch of meatballs. You're throwing batting practice this out there. You're like Oprah Winfrey. You get a double. You get a double. You get a double. You get a three-run homer. You get a double. He can't get out of the fourth inning. Look at these numbers. I wrote down these numbers. 19 earned runs in six and two-thirds innings pitched. His ERA is 10.260. You could pitch better than that. It's just meatballs. That's all he's throwing is meatballs up there. And again, I just can't believe that he will pitch in five days. In my opinion, that, that I'll bet a lunch with you. He's not pitching in five days. Now, whether it's a phantom injury or not, they got to get this guy out of the rotation. Listen, I'm texting everybody in that organization. Owner, GM, manager, everybody. He's got to go. He's got to go. I swear I have. You want to look? No, no, I'll show you. No, I trust you. I mean, no, you, no, you don't need to put your phone oh, down. You're doing oh, a radio show. Focus oh. on the show. Don't worry about that. You don't need to show me. I beg you to release him. I beg you. I beg you. I'm begging people in that organization to release him. Eat the money. He can't pitch for you anymore. Not now. Not in five days. Not in five months. Not next year. The sooner you admit to this mistake, and it's an epic mistake, the sooner you admit to this mistake, the better off this organization will be. The organization. He doesn't give you a chance to win. Zero chance. They had four runs in the fourth inning. They could have won this baseball game today and swept the Cardinals, but he He's giving up gopher balls every fifth day. And to Madison Bumgard, I mean, honestly, dude, you've had a great career. You've had a great career. You're ending like Steve Carlton. Remember Steve Carlton in the last five years? Couldn't get anybody out. Steve Carlton, he's that bad. Have a little pride. Have a little self-respect. Don't go out like this. It's embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself. I feel bad for you. He needs to leave on his own accord. I, I come to an agreement with the D-backs. Okay, listen. Just give me half of what I'm owed, and I'll walk away. I'll save you half. You give me half. I'll walk away right now. Why would he I'll do be that? on the next bull out of town. Why would he do that? 
Because he got a pride. Get a pride. $37 million. You're not walking He's, away from 37 How much Come money on. has he made? So take six, Take 19. Okay, take 20. Okay. You had me right until that last moment. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. You wouldn't walk away from $37 million. You wouldn't walk away from half a $37 your legacy, million. Dollars. Your legacy. Oh, stop. Do you, stop. Many, do you know what, listen, what you're, if you were to retire last year, do you know how many losses he's going to have? You know how much his ERA is going to go up by? Again. His, his, all of his numbers Agreed. on the back of a baseball card are going to look real crappy based on his time with the D-backs. Oh, come on. Come on. Put take your, half. I'd take yourself away for nothing. You, would you do that? Would you do that? I, how much money has he made in his career? Look it up. Look it up. How much money has he made in his career? You're not answering my question. Would you do that? Yes. Like, Paul, stop. Yes. It. If you're, I've made the money he's I'll made, of course. I'm going to go out there and humiliate myself? You'd walk away from what's half of 37? Uh, 19? 19? and a half yes. million dollars? Yeah. 18 million dollars. Okay, after taxes, it's 10 million dollars. Oh my gosh, it's a pittance. It's so small. It's so he's insignificant. He's humiliating himself. <laughs> he's humi- would you humiliate yourself? You were making such a great point right until the end that it just all came apart. Okay, if, if you can't talk anymore, you're fumbling your words. You've had a great career in radio. Are you going to still do the show? Are you going to still do the show? They'd be like, you know what? It's time to go. Look, there are times when you've got to have pride. It's not about the money. It's about pride. Go out there every fifth day and get your ass handed to you oh. like that? How do you look your teammates in the eye? How do you look anybody in the eye? How do you look your matters in the eye every, every, in the eye every time he comes out in the fourth inning to take the ball from you? How do you look him in the eye? What are you getting mad at me for? No, I mean... Okay, here's this. This is now the moment in the show where it's time for everybody... <sighs> Try it with me. No, 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 no. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. No, no, no pills. No pills. This is this. I, I learned this from my my calm app. Okay, calm app. In through the nose. There you go. Feel better? Can you play a little Bob Ross for me? I'll, that'll calm you. Just give me one Bob Ross. Give me anything Bob Ross. Little tree somewhere. Little tree. Hold it through the paint. Wiggling it. See. Wiggle it. Other side. Pull it through. And wiggle it. Anybody else impressed how quickly Mitch was able to pull up Bob Ross like that? I think I'm more disappointed in myself with choosing the very out-of-context option in the bed. (laughs) I was going to say, happy little tree here. Look at that. Isn't that a nice little tree? And he lives right here in this bush. All you have to do is sort of push him out. At least I'm lying. I've, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm begging people in that organization to take him out of the rotation. Oh, I, I, I believe I'm you. Just, um, I'm, I'm begging people. Look, uh, everything about everything you said, with the exception of him willingly walking away from $18 million, I totally agree with. And, and I would never bet you anything that he makes another start, that he makes his next schedule start for the Diamondbacks. I would never bet you a Has thing. Has he made his last start with the D-backs? Has he made his last start for the Arizona oh, Diamondbacks? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm gonna put that up there. Put that up there. Has, I'm gonna has, say, has he made his last start with the Diamondbacks? I'm, yes or no? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. I'm not saying that's how it should be. I'm just gonna. You're you're not asking me what it should be. You're asking me what it will be. Yes. I'm gonna say no. He has not made his last start with the Diamondbacks. I'm gonna say yes. You just I, want it to be though. No, because I do. You that really they, think he's made his last start, or you just want it so in, badly? Who's in first place in the NL West? The Diamondbacks. Okay, then they can't have him pitch anymore. You can't even pitch. Okay, but again, do you, really, do you want to win or not? That's not what I'm asking. Okay, what are you asking? Do you really think... 
I know you want him to not start another game for the Diamondbacks. Do you really think he can separate the two? Do you really think he's not going to start another game for the Diamondbacks this year? Yes. Okay. I'm going to believe. I know, you, I know you want. Of course I want it. You I'll, want I'll, it. I'll pick him but up. Do you himself. think it? That's it's a different yes, question. Yes, because I believe I believe in that. I believe in the organization. I believe that the, that the Mike Hazen and Tori Lavello and Derek Hall and I think that they want to win. Ken Kedrick, I really truly believe that they want to win. They know they know he can't. If you want to win, yeah. you can't pitch him. It's it's a fact. You can't pitch him. When we come back on the Burns and Gamble, you feel better. Play a little more Bob Ross with me. I'll feel better. Score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Text the word ticket to 620-620. Register. Listen for your name Monday and Tuesday during the 7 a.m., 12 noon, and 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game 5 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. Again, text the word ticket to 620-620. I was the first to vote, Eric. They may not be the reason the Suns win games, but they sure can help them keep from losing games. Who are they? That's next. Burns and Gambo.